Hello and welcome back everybody to a somewhat special episode of the Black Hole Podcast. My name is Harry. This is the fifth, I believe, episode. And today we're going to go over every move that the Raiders have made so far in the offseason. It is March 20th at 4 p.m. as I am recording this. Uh, I'd like to say that I wrote most of this stuff before Anthony Harris was signed, before um, Kyle Fuller was signed this morning. Uh, and then there's a few other things that may have happened that I forgot to put in the podcast. Uh, I'd also like to say before that I get before I get into this, Nevin Lawson is going to be re-signed by the Raiders. Um, I'll just give my thoughts off the top of my head. I don't like the move. Gus Bradley said that he's high on Nevin Lawson. I hate him. He's burnt toast. He gets burnt practically every play. I don't think that this is a good move. But maybe with a new defensive coordinator, he'll be improved. But let's get right into the stuff that I actually have written down for today. And let's get the offensive line out of the way first. Uh, Rodney Hudson and a seventh have been sent to the Cardinals in return for the Cardinals third rounder this year. Uh, Then Gabe Jackson was sent to the Seahawks for a fifth round pick. And of course, you all know that Trent Brown and our seventh next year were sent to the Patriots for their fifth rounder next year. I've already given my thoughts and opinions on that in the actual last episode. Um, But let's talk about these two moves. First of all, I'd like to say that this isn't Madden franchise. Just because a player is a high overall doesn't mean that they have good trade value. Uh, this, This honestly comes into play for both Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson. They're both... Uh, well, Rodney Hudson is 31 and Gabe Jackson is 29. They're both old. They both have high cap hits for their production. And I say that Rodney Hudson has a high cap hit for his production because he's paid probably the most per year out of any center, excluding Corey Lindsley. His contract may not say that, but with his void year, uh, meaning that he has an extra year where he makes not a lot of money. And um, he has like a a $30 million contract. He has like a $13 million cap hit this year, which is, I believe, higher than any center. Could be Jason Kelsey, could be somebody else. But he is extremely high paid for his production in the run game. He's really just a good uh, pass blocking center. And his pass blocking PFF grade actually dropped quite a bit this year. So, uh, yeah. And then I'd also like to say that third and fifth round picks are actually valuable. Uh, Unlike Madden, you can actually get some star players. Last year, there were quite a few players that went in the third round or or further down. Like, you know, Darnell Mooney, you've got Michael and Wenu. People like that are going to be on the board that we're going to be able to add to our team. And hopefully we can find one of those big draft steals, you know, like Legereus Sneed, Julian Blackman, all those guys were amazing draft steals um as i've said their cap hits couldn't have gotten anything else uh anything more for them we were on the verge of cutting them anyways so it's good that we actually got some sort of return uh i think that this is a good move though for the cardinals and the seahawks they are protecting their quarterbacks which should be their number one priority right now to keep their quarterbacks interested in staying and playing for them um but anyways to add to the offensive line, we signed Nick Martin, the Texan center, the former Texan center, as well as re-signing guard Denzel Good and guard Richie Incognito. First of all, I would like to say that Nick Martin is not going to be our starting center, or at least I don't think that he's going to be our starting center because I think that we are set on Andre James. I think that Nick Martin is a good backup if Andre James is to perform 
at a very low level, which he didn't on the snaps that he got in 2019. But he's a good backup uh, if Andre James performs terribly or if Andre James gets injured. And then Nick Martin is also competition so that Andre James performs better in training camps. Um, uh, but yeah, let's get into the actual motives behind our moves with the offensive line. And um, I'd like to say that every single one of the ones that we cut uh, slash traded, or well, I guess that we traded every single one of them, but um, aside from Richie Incognito, who we actually brought back, but we traded every single one of them because they had insanely high cap hits, um, including Rodney Hudson, even though he had high dead cap. Uh, all of them had very high cap hits, and every single one of them wanted to be wanted to be traded or or released. We were going to release them, but yeah. Um, I'd say that the only player that played at a high enough level to actually uh, be worth staying on the team was Colton Miller, and you bring in the contract um, the contract factor, and Colton Miller was easily our best offensive lineman last year. Uh, but yeah, Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson were being paid far too much to be run blocking at the awful level that they were at. And Trent Brown was being paid $14 million to go to clubs and stay on the COVID list. And well, Richie Incognito did, just didn't play. However, once Richie gets back, I'm sure he'll be playing at a Pro Bowl level once again for the probably year that he's going to be here before he retires next offseason is my guess. Uh, he also decided to take a pay cut and stay on the Raiders instead of requesting to be released. Well, he did request to be released, but, you know, he wanted to come back. He just wanted to take a pay cut. Um, and with the highest paid offensive line, nobody aside from John Simpson was uh, run blocking at an elite level. And for the amount of money that we put in, we shouldn't be expected to only be 10th in pass block win rate while being 27th in run block win rate. If we're going to be good at something and not good at another thing, we really have to be the best at that one thing, especially if we are paying all of our guys as much money as we were. Um, yeah, and you know the the run blocking, the run blocking win rate obviously plays a factor in Josh Jacobs' uh, production, which I'll go into later once we get to the offensive signings, which includes Kenyon Drake. Um, but yeah, uh, to sum it up, we just weren't winning with our linemen, so we, uh, who were being paid too much money, so we decided to cut everybody, or not really cut everybody, you know what I mean. We decided to get rid of everybody and use younger guys who aren't making as much money, but are going to be performing at a slightly lower level, but not to the point where we are going to have Derek Carr requesting a trade. Uh, I'd say that this move deserves a B- because our offensive line will not perform at the same level in the past game next year, but I still think it's a good move for the future. So... Okay, so that was a pretty long segment, but next, let's shift into our defensive signings. And uh, at the time that I wrote this, we did not sign any new secondary members, and we still have not signed any new secondary members. But if this comes out as we sign somebody, uh, I think that we are going to sign Richard Sherman. Just know that um, this is recorded at 4.15 p.m. on March 20th. So if somebody gets signed after this, just realize that I did not uh, see it in time for the podcast to be out. 
But uh, let's start with the biggest one, and that's Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, former Ravens, Jaguars, and Vikings pass rusher took a two-year, $26 million deal with every penny guaranteed. By the way, the uh, the contract is balanced, so his cap hit is $13 million in both the first and the second year. Um, I think that this is a fantastic move for quite a few reasons. One of those is that his contract is quite a bit cheaper than uh, than we expected. His market value on SpotRack.com is a whole two and a half million dollars above the contract that we actually gave him. His market value being fifteen point five million dollars per year. Uh, he also led the league in pressures over the last four years and had, and had his best year as a Jaguar when Gus Bradley was a coach with them. Uh, but I should say that he was really second because. Uh, because of Aaron Donald, but I chose to leave him out because Aaron Donald is just in a league of his own and he really has no competition and I don't think he will have competition for his entire career. Uh, But this is also great because it takes pressure off of Max Crosby, who was the only real pass rusher on our entire defensive line Uh, because Cleveland Farrell is much more of a run stopper than a pass rusher and our defensive tackles are not the best pass rushers uh, in the world. I think that all around this move is just great. Uh, next up, we have some defensive linemen being Solomon Thomas as well as Quinton Jefferson. Now, I don't know much about Quinton Jefferson, but I love the signing. Uh, he is not on a very expensive contract and has chemistry with Yannick Ngakwe uh, because they used to play uh, together in college. I also love this move for depth. Same thing goes for Solomon Thomas. Uh, I need to watch film on both, but I know Solomon Thomas needed a change of scenery and needed another shot. He was being used incorrectly on the 49ers. As of what I've heard, he was a much better interior defensive lineman, which is actually what we plan to use him as, and the 49ers were using him as an edge rusher. Uh, Both of these signings uh, are to add depth, so I think they're great moves. Don't take them as starters. They're not going to be starting over our guys. We're probably going to get other starters within the draft. I could see us drafting either Christian Barmore or Davion Nixon. I'm hoping for Davion Nixon, possibly even Jalen Twyman in the third round if we choose to get Dylan Raidens in the second round at pick number 48. Uh, Overall, I think that these moves deserve a B plus because we have not found a solid secondary member yet. Anthony Harris, who uh, at the time of my recording was signed by the Eagles on a one-year $5 million deal. Uh, I thought that I'd give my thoughts on that really quick. And I'd just like to say that the Raiders should have given that offer on him. We could have given him a much better offer on him. His market value is $14 million on SpotRack. I would have been able, I would have been completely fine with paying him anywhere from eight to $10 million per year on a two to three year deal. Um, you know, we did show interest, but if that's the offer that he took, we either lowballed the absolute shit out of him or he just wanted to be an eagle that bad, which I don't understand why he would want to be an eagle. Uh, Richard Sherman, uh, as well as Casey Hayward, a bunch of other guys are still available for us to pick up at the time of my recording this video. I really think that Richard Sherman or or Casey Hayward, I don't think that we leave free agency without getting one of those two guys. And then I also think that we're going to sign, you know, some more smaller secondary members like Carl Joseph is at play. There might be some other safeties that I can't think of off the top of my head, but don't lose sight. Uh, don't lose hope. I still think that we're going to get a a corner or a safety. Um, but yeah, as I said, a B plus, we need a veteran, uh, solid veteran secondary member. So hopefully we can grab one within the next coming days of free agency.
Next up, we're going to gravitate into the offensive signings that we have made so far, and the names are Kenyon Drake, John Brown, and Nick Martin. And we're going to start with the Kenyon Drake signing, and I absolutely love it because now we can use the part of the playbook that Gruden had reserved for Lynn Bowden Jr., and I think it's going to make the Raiders one of the most fun teams to watch next year. In Drake's interview, he said that he uh, is most likely going to be be playing a hybrid between both wide receiver and running back, which is amazing. Um, I also love this signing because it hopefully means that Josh Jacobs won't be running into a brick wall every single play. This should have a very solid impact on both of their yards per carry, seeing as they are running the ball too much in their offenses. And now we're going to see them not having to take on an entire workload. I think that you could see them both playing at a starting caliber uh, level. So I think that both running backs are going to have uh, fantastic production next year. I think that they're each going to put up practically equals, uh, equal stats. Josh Jacobs might have better stats because he'll probably be getting more carries since Kenyon Drake will be in the slot but uh, for, for some plays. But I, I still think that this is a great signing. And then next is John Brown, which again, I think is a great move. We needed a veteran receiver since all of our current wide receivers were in their first or second years this past season, not including Zay Jones and Nelson Aguilar, who we lost, but I'm going to go into that later. Uh, John Brown has had injury problems over the past few years, which is the reason that his stats aren't all that impressive. I'm not too worried about his injury concerns, um, but I think that he'll be a great mentor to Ruggs since they're very similar players. And John Brown has been in the league for quite a while playing at a pretty high level. Uh, I also think that our receivers in general are not a big problem because Darren Waller is better than a large majority of number one receivers. And we have some very good uh, wide receiver twos in Hunter Renfro, uh, Henry Ruggs, and John Brown all can play a receiver two spot. And then Darren Waller at wide receiver one for a majority of plays. And then Foster Morrow, of course, uh, can play tight end. And I think that he's going to be, be seeing considerably more snaps this year. So, uh, yeah. And then the last the last signing that we had is Nick Martin. I already talked about this, but he's the former Texan center. And uh, once again, I'd like to say he is most likely not going to be our starter. He's going to be competition for Andre James, who played great on the snaps that he was given in 2019. Uh, he's simply competition for James as well as a backup. Uh, and then after all these signings, um, I think all of the offensive money is spent. I don't think they were going to be going for another offensive player. And I think that the next offensive player we're going to get is going to be a right tackle in the second round of the draft. And I'm personally hoping that we go for Dylan Raidens. He gave up, I believe, a total of three sacks in three years, has left tackle flexibility if Colton Miller goes down and we need to move somebody else to right tackle. Uh, I would love that move. But yeah, I'd say that the offensive moves deserve probably a B. I'm saying this off the top of my head. I don't have this one written down. But I'd say it deserves a B because John Brown is not a number one caliber receiver. Uh, we lost our number one caliber receiver. I don't think he was good enough to be a number one receiver, like a true number one receiver, like most people are. But I don't think that John Brown is number one caliber. And then Kenyon Drake may not have been the most necessary move that we had to make. I think that we overpaid a little bit for a backup running back. But we'll see what he does uh, in 
and the versatile positions that he's going to be playing with the slot receiver, possibly a wildcat quarterback, as well as a backup running back. So I, I think that these moves are good. Last up, uh, since we're not going to be doing any questions in today's episode, by the way, you, did, you guys didn't ask enough questions for me to go over. Anyways, reminder, if you want a question answered, and most likely a few episodes from now, because I'm thinking about doing another special episode with grading every single team's free agency moves so far. Um, I'll probably be getting to questions on Wednesday or Friday, but if you want a question answered, go to my TikTok at the black hole podcast, go to the Q and a feature, ask a question, but we're going to get into some re-signings and players that we've decided to let go or let walk or not match their contracts. These re-signings, uh, include Nicholas Morrow, Denzel Good, Zay Jones, Derek Carrier, Derek Carrier, and Theo Riddick. Now with the addition of Nevin Lawson, who I've already given my opinions on. Uh, I like that Zay Jones signing because it keeps the depth, depth that we have at wide receiver. Uh, I think Carrier signing is decent because now we have a third string tight end to come in for Foster Morrow since Waller will essentially be a wide receiver one. Uh, and then I absolutely love the Good and Morrow signings or re-signings, I should say. So let's talk about them a little bit more in depth. First of all, Denzel Good played at a very high level this past year and was very underrated by most fans. He's a better run blocker than Gabe Jackson and had a very comparable year with Gabe Jackson. Also, this is a two-year deal, and it's a very cheap deal for Denzel Good as well. Uh, the Morrow signing is perfect as well. Morrow was our highest-performing defensive player last year, unless you want to say that it was... Not Nick Kwiatkowski. I'd say that Morrow was better than Nick Kwiatkowski. Obviously better than Corey Littleton, who was like second in missed tackles. But Trayvon Mullen, if you wanted to say that Trayvon Mullen was our best defensive player last year, I wouldn't totally disagree with you. But I'd say that Nicholas Morrow was our best defensive player last year. Um, on a defense that was nothing short of absolute dog shit. Uh, I think that he was the bright spot, along with Trayvon Mullen, Cleveland Farrell, I think Max Crosby will see uh, an improvement, but I think that he will be better in a new system. And all around, I think that this is a great, a, just a great move, especially considering that we brought him in on a one-year deal, which was very cheap for what I expected him to to want. Honestly, I thought that he was going to be asking for nine million a year, which is nowhere close to worth it for Nicholas Morrow. He's a great player, but he's not worth that. Uh, he could be with that in coming years but not yet uh and now let's get into some players that we let walk and those were nelson aguilar eric harris and Devonte booker and obviously Devonte booker is no longer necessary and i love this move because it allowed us to get Kenyon drake uh who will be a massive upgrade from Devonte booker i also do think that this is a good move for the giants who need a decent backup for saquon barkley who can also uh be who can also start if saquon uh unfortunately is to get injured again and now, Eric Harris, arguably the worst player on the second worst defense in the entire league this year. I am so incredibly happy that he is gone. And of course, in Falcon-like fashion, they have some holes to create in their defense. So they signed one of, if not the shittiest safeties in the entire league. I'm absolutely ecstatic that we are upgrading from that piece of dog shit safety who was wrongfully given a captain's badge. Even Jeff Heath is a better safety than Eric Harris, so we'll have to see who we replace him with. 
Uh, I think we're going to replace him with Trevon Merrig in the draft. Sorry if I pronounce his name wrong. I don't really understand how to pronounce his name, but I could see us drafting him, possibly Javon Holland, possibly Richie Grant, possibly any of those guys, honestly. And any of them from the day that they start, if they start day one, no preseason, no anything, they would be better than Eric Harris is, so I'm not worried about it whatsoever. And lastly, we've got Nelson Aguilar, who got paid $13 million per year, which is arguably the biggest overpay of the entire offseason. Uh, I'm much happy putting that money into Yannick's contract than paying that much for another number two receiver, which we, we don't need. Uh, best of luck to him on the Patriots, though. You deserve what you get uh, in that contract after your amazing season with us. I'd grade all of these moves at a B plus because we let go a bunch of players that we did not need to re-sign, um, especially that Nelson Aguilar move. I'm so glad that we didn't overpay for him. And then all of our moves for depth, as well as Nicholas Morrow and Denzel Good, are just fantastic for quite obvious reasons. So with all that said, uh, I will probably be getting into some other news if it comes out. Richard Sherman will most likely be signing sometime soon. We'll get into that move. We're going to get into every single team's offseason in the next episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode, and I will see you guys in the next episode of the podcast, as well as on the TikTok. Go check it out. Later.